Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. We can get the general principles and get many of our answers from the book, right? But how many know you're, you're not going to find in there, John Smith should buy this house and take this job and marry this woman and uh, give this money here and invest over here. You know, you're not going to find that detail, that those specifics in the scripture, you have to have an, a relationship with the author of the book, right? You need to know him because we get the general principles and that covers a good part of our lives, but then we're walking day to day. We need some specifics and, uh, and how are we going to have that unless we're, we, we, unless we know how to be led by the spirit of God. And so I would encourage you, um, decide, you can make faith decisions before you even know what's coming next. And faith decisions like this that say, uh, I'm going to live my life God's way. See, that's a general, but it sets us up for the specific. I'm going to do it his way. Uh, I'm going to make godly choices in my life. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to seek out and then walk in his perfect will. We make a choice. I will you can tell him this. Say, Lord, I'm going to hear your voice. And I'm going to follow this. And in the middle of this, I am going to intercept the power of God. I'm going to intercept the provision of God. I'm not going to live life on my own without your help and without your influence and without your provision. I'm going to walk in the middle of that. See, so why would you say something like that? Because that's his will. You're, you're deciding ahead of time. You're committing to his best in your life. All right? Say, so, well, I don't know how to do that. That's why we've been talking. So don't you be talking like that. I don't know how. I don't know shmau. You do too. If you've been listening, you know, you know quite a bit. Not everything. I don't know everything. But you know a good bit to get going. And, 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 and following the Spirit of God should be at least becoming normal normal not getting everyone's opinion about what every every decision you have to make call three friends asking people on social media what do you think i should do huh when you have a relationship with god you don't have you don't you stop asking everybody else praise god now uh we should and it's it's important that we follow the ways of the lord the ways, do you know the Lord has a certain way of doing things? And it might be, and if your mind hasn't been renewed, it might be different from the way that you want to do it. You might prefer that He speak to you in a certain way, at a certain time. Uh, and He might have something else in mind. What, what would be the, the best route to take in that scenario? Not to get Him to adapt to you, but say, Lord, teach me your ways. And that's what we want. We want to understand how he does things. This is interesting. Over in the book of First Samuel chapter 16, you know, Israel had a king named Saul, and he was bad news. He went wrong and was doing bad things. And so the Lord was fed up with him and decided to replace him. Uh, you remember who he replaced him with? 
David. David was the next king of Israel. But how that came about was interesting. The Lord spoke to Samuel, who was the prophet, and said, listen, I've got someone else that I'm going to put as the leader of the nation here. And so I'm sending you over to Jesse's house. All right. And one of his sons is going to be the next king. Now, you might think, well, why don't why didn't the Lord just say, hey, Samuel, next king, his name's David. He lives at this address. Go get him. I guess he didn't want to. But this is the way that God likes to move. Certainly he could have told him that. His name is David. He's the son of Jesse. Here he is. He's going to be in this field at this time. Go find him. No, he just said, I've got someone. He's one of Jesse's boys. And so head on over there. Go over there to Jesse's house. So he did that. First Samuel 16, verse 6. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. So the first, first son comes by. He looks all kingly and everything. Looks like he has great potential. He's got it going on. And Samuel said, Absolutely, he's the guy. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance. Or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And and so obviously he's telling him, uh, the Lord is telling Samuel, Eliab does not have the goods. He does not have what it takes to be king. I'm looking at the inside, and no, I don't want him to be the ruler of Israel. Okay? But it's interesting, he didn't tell him that until he stood before him, did he? He didn't tell him on the road ahead of time. He didn't tell him in the first word. By the way, the first boy you're going to meet there, his name's Eliab. He looks good. He's not. None of that information was given. What, was, what information was given? Go to Jesse's house. Call your sons. Bring them in here. No information, no further instruction. He stands before him. Then he gets a word. Okay, no, he's not the right one. This is how I process, this is how I look at things God sent. And so that's all the information he got. Verse, verse 8. Uh, so Jesse called Abinadab. Aren't you glad your name is not Abinadab? <laughs> how would that work in school? <laughs> he called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, nevertheless, how, uh, excuse me. And he said, neither... Has the Lord chosen this one? When did he tell him that? When he stood before him. He brought him before, and then he said, Nope, that's not him. Could we save some time here? Could we move right on? Lord, which one is it? He didn't want to do it that way. Verse 9, Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Okay, next, thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and and Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet one, oh, I skipped a part, didn't I? Man, I'm not doing too good at reading this. The Lord has not chosen these at the end of verse 10. The Lord has not chosen these. When did Samuel know that he hadn't chosen those? When they came before him, not ahead of time, the Lord gave him the information as it happened. Amen. 
Then he said, are all the young men here? And he said, there remains the youngest, uh, for there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes, and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. When did he get the information? Only when he did what the Lord told him to do. Only when the person stood before him did Samuel the prophet get revelation as to the will of God or not. Huh? You think the Lord might ever do you this way? It's the reason we have record of some of these is we learn the ways of God. And we might prefer, Lord, I'm here right now. We're talking, just give it all to me. And the only information you might get is go to Jesse's house. <laughs> right? Maybe Jesse was a friend. I don't know. Sorry. Maybe he knew he had been a good friend of his. <laughs> if that doesn't make any sense to you, I'm going to move on. <laughs> and he didn't have any girls, he just had boys. Uh, Back to this, the, the, the only information the Lord might give you is go to Jesse's house. And he's not going to give you any other information until you do that. That's kind of the way that works. I know this from personal experience, many times in ministering to individuals where the Lord would, would direct me, or, or sometimes I did, just didn't even know, but I would stand before someone and then he would talk to me about their life. I would put my hands on them and pray for them. And then I have the word of the Lord come to me concerning their life. Well, why didn't the Lord just tell me that ahead of time? Well, I don't know. But sometimes it works this way. And in seeking to follow the Spirit of God, we must give uh, attention. We must uh, value God's choice in the matter, His way of wanting to lead us. And if he doesn't give us all the information up front, fine. Go to Jesse's house. How can that work in your life? I, I know at times people have asked me. They said, I've got this opportunity. I've got this job uh, that's before me. Should I take it? I don't know if I'm supposed to. I don't know if it's the, the will of God, what he would do. And I said, well, I don't know either. I don't know if you're supposed to do that. So we can talk about our opinions all day long. Or you can go there. You can go to Jesse's house, you know. Do what? In other words, go ahead and take the interview. Or fill out the application. While you're doing that, see what the Lord says. While you're going, see if the Lord is in it. You'll be able to know. You'll know whether he's in it. At times people have done it this way. They'll just use their own voice and say, I'm going to do ABC. Or, and then I'm going to do, they'll say the opposite. I'm going to do this. And they'll see what the Lord has to say about either of them. And one of them, they'll stand before Eliab. They'll stand before that and say, oh no. I am not going to do that. That was wrong. God is not in that at all. They know, they know it as they go. They know it as they take steps. Huh? What could you do if you have a decision before you? Well, you could start walking towards it. 
if the more you walk towards it, the worse it gets. Meaning, you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit inside of you, and you know, oh, this is bad. This is bad. And you walk towards something else, and it's like, huh, I wouldn't have ever thought, but this is the right thing to do. I know it. I know this is what He wants. Amen. Amen. This is how, how a lot of this works. Go, go over with me to the book of Luke, if you would. Luke, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Luke chapter 1, the very first chapter. Now, there are most certainly times that the Spirit speaks to us in ways that are very easily discernible. They're filled with details, uh, all the information we need. Um, there's most certainly times when, when the Spirit of God will guide us in a very uh, spectacular, demonstrable way. Sometimes it's very loud and clear. There are, uh, we believe in divine visitation and the Lord appears to people or angels bring messages. There are dreams and visions. There is a voice that comes from God that's audible, it seems to us. It's authoritative. It's boom. There's no, there's no denying. There's no discussing. It's just blatantly God. All right. No doubt about that. However, everybody say, however, uh, most of the time, it seems that the leadings of the Spirit of God are not that way. Most of the time, they're not spectacular. Most of the time, they're not revealed in such ways, but they are more subtle. If, if the only time that something was truly of God, that He spoke, that it would be so undeniable, un so distinguishable from every other voice on the planet. And if that were the way it always happened, it either happened that way or it's not God, we don't even need to have this discussion. I would just say, cool, when he speaks, there'll be no discussion about it. Just do it. End of series. Do what he tells you to do. Right? But because of the fact that it's not always that way... That's why we have a discussion. That's why we teach. That's why we learn. That's why we grow in this relationship so we will not miss out on these less da-da-da leadings. I was praying and all of a sudden heaven opened up. I saw the angelic choir. They sang a song and told me what to do. Well, good. Just do that. Yeah. Pull out the phone. Get a video. I don't know. Uh, just do what God tells you to do. But you'll find in walking with God, there will be times where all you know is go to Jesse's house, all you know is do this, or you don't know hardly anything at all, and he will guide you in, in a very still way. Remember we started this series with the thunder, the storm, the earthquake, and the still small voice. All right? God wasn't in the externals. He was in the still small voice. Now, over here in Luke, let's begin reading in Luke chapter 1 and verse 1. It reads, and by the way, I'm going to give you some high-end material here. Everybody ready for this? I wouldn't just share this with anyone, only my closest friends. 
Okay, uh, I've actually taught this in our Bible college for years, so alumni and students, you've heard this and you'll recognize this, I'm, and I'm going to give this to everyone else for free, sorry. Uh, but, but it's right here in the Bible, so I you know, can't really charge you for it. Okay, verse 1, inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also having perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write to you an orderly account most excellent Theophilus that you may have the certainty of those things which you were instructed. So Luke is writing this letter to a guy named Theophilus or Theophilus. It means friend of God. So it's either a person with a real cool name or anyone who's a friend of God. Uh, uh, But Theophilus got this letter from Luke. Now I want you to stop for a moment and, and think about the book of Luke. All right. Is the book of Luke very important? Some of you might not realize how important it is. Because we know we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the, the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic Gospels. Or gospels are they're very similar. They have a lot of the same stories. And then John has a bunch of extra stuff and covers some different parts of Jesus' ministry. And, and you know, just that... Looking at this from a distance, you might think, hey, we've got Matthew and Mark and John. I mean, if Luke weren't there, maybe that wouldn't be such a big deal. Maybe we'd be fine without Luke's book. But I want you to think about this for a moment. Let me give you a few examples. And if you're familiar, then you're going to know these, these stories. But some of you may not be, and that's okay. But some of the accounts in Luke are the parables like the Good Samaritan. Only in Luke. Matthew, Mark, John, they didn't cover it. The Good Samaritan. Uh, the rich man who built the bigger barns. The, the prodigal son. See, well, you wouldn't even know about the prodigal son if Luke hadn't written this book. Uh, the crafty steward. The rich man and Lazarus. Remember how the rich man went to hell and Lazarus went to Abraham's. You wouldn't even know about that story. But Luke wrote it down for us. Uh, there were, and many more, many more. There were teachings like the places of honor at a table and which seat you should take. Uh, there's the cost of discipleship. Um, there's the, there's the, the story of the birth of Jesus and John the Baptist in great detail. Often you'll find at Christmas we'll read from the book of Luke because it gives us all these details that the other books don't give us. And, and on and on, that we could, we could read more and more. Like the woman who bathed Jesus' feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And, and, and these, some of these outstanding and amazing stories that have impacted us uh, greatly. They're in the book of Luke, and they're only in the book of Luke. If he hadn't done this, we would be missing out on a lot of excellent teaching. Amen. So I, I think about this, and I think... Well, Luke, certainly the Lord Jesus himself must have appeared to Luke to tell him, Luke, Luke. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that, but 
the father certainly spoke to Luke and said, Luke, I am your father, right? Uh, uh, certainly, uh, the Lord appeared to Luke. I mean, that book being so important, or at least an angelic visitation, right? I mean, that book being so important. Think if we didn't have it, certainly. I, I, Luke must have had one of these outstanding revelations as his basis or reasoning for writing this outstanding work. Or at minimum, it had to be an authoritative voice from God that, that had told him to write this book. That would make sense to me. And maybe a few other people prophesied and confirmed it to him and said, Luke, Luke you've got to write the book, man. You've got to write your account. Theophilus needs the story, and, and uh, you've got to write your account. But do you know that's not how it happened? Why did Luke write this amazing book that has transformed millions and millions and millions of lives? It says it right here in verse 3. It seemed good. I was expecting something a little more than that. <laughs> Luke, why did you write this amazing account? Why did you put pen to the paper and give us this amazing account of Jesus' life? Seemed like a good idea. <laughs> it seemed good. And do you know what? That seemed good. Was that God? It was. It was God just as much as if an angel appeared and told him. Just as much as if the head of the church appeared to him and said, Luke, write down what you saw and what you know. It was just as much God. At minimum, you can see that it was God because of the great effect and impact it has had on so many people. You know that was God that he did that. Why did he do it, though? Seemed good. This is how he started his letter how he started his account. It seemed good that I should do this. I wonder how many times we miss out on doing something that is totally of God. It could have a great impact on many people. It could help us tremendously in our lives because we're waiting on some other kind of spectacular word from God. And what we should be looking for is, does this seem good to him, to me? on the inside and if we would be if we would recognize that that is one of the primary ways that God gets information to us we will value it we'll treasure it we will say thank you Lord I've got direction really did God speak to you well seems good Find over with me the book of Acts, a couple books over, to the right, chapter 15, Acts the 15th chapter. Where, you know the book of Acts, this is Holy Ghost time, outpouring, early church, they're doing great works for God, great miracles, great signs, the churches are being planted all over the, all over the world and the gospel is going forth in great power and demonstration. Look, look what they did. Acts chapter 15, notice verse 25. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord 
to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. No, no, wait, wait a minute. Why did you send these chosen people? Because certainly God spoke to you, right? No, listen, I'm not saying it's not God speaking, but they didn't describe it that way. If, it, if the Lord speaks to you and it comes to you that way, then you can say that. The Lord spoke to me. I can, I can describe to you many times where I've heard certain words. I knew that's God. It were specific, defined words creating sentences. And then many, many more times where if I were to describe it to you, I would just have to say, it seemed good that I should do this. They made ministry life decisions that impacted them and many others. And their foundation was, seemed good that you guys should go with these guys. And uh, we're going to go over here and you guys go over there and let's go serve God. Verse 26, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. Verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. And they began to give them instruction and so forth. What was the basis of it? Certainly the Holy Spirit spoke to you. Well, we're doing this because it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. What seems good to you? On the contrast, what doesn't seem good? Now, now, by the way, I'm familiar with the proverb that says there's a way that seems right unto a man, seems right unto a man, and the end leads to death. We're not talking about, about natural man here. We're not talking about a person who is outside of a relationship with God. We are talking about a person who has a prayer life. They have a, they have a desire in their heart to do the will of God. They are walking with Him. And this is one of the primary ways the Spirit will lead us. With our seamer. Did you know you have one? You've got a seamer right on the inside of you. And that seamer will often be the way the Lord leads you right or leads you away from wrong. Times you'll go into circumstances and something just does not seem right. I'm talking to the believer now, the spirit-filled life. The believer says, hmm, that just doesn't seem right. Or you go to, to that job interview and it makes sense to your head. But it doesn't seem right. Or you go in this situation and maybe your head's telling you something completely different. Or people are telling you other things. But there's something about it that just seems right. It just, man, there's something on this. There's something good about this. What is that? That's the Spirit of God. It seems good to Him. And He's in you. And so it seems good to you. This is how they did this. Look down at verse 34. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. Well, Silas, what's your decision-making process, man? How do you decide whether to go or whether to stay? Well, this is why Silas stayed. It seemed good. I know sometimes we want more mechanics. 
We want to pull the lever and turn the knob and push the button. We want to add it, on, add it up on the calculator. And we want, give me three steps to where I'll always know what to do every time. <laughs> the Christian life is not about a law. It's about a relationship. And that's why when discussing these matters, it's not something I feel like I can easily and thoroughly do in 30 minutes. And I'm just going to take a message and I'm going to explain to you how to be led by the Spirit and go. It's developed. It's learned. We have to walk this out. So what if I I think I'm following my seamer and I make the wrong decision? Then repent, back up, and start over. Learn, walk. It's a relationship with God. We've been trained to live out of our heads, to walk by what, by sight, to walk by what we see and feel. And if we're, if we want to make an adjustment, we may we may get it wrong. No no problem. Back up, Lord. I'm learning. I'm learning your ways. I thought if you didn't tell me the whole deal before I arrived at Jesse's house, then it wasn't you. But I'm come to find out you just might want to tell me different. I, I I've. I've had many times in my life, decisions I make today regarding the church, decisions I made in, in even following the plan of God for my life in going into the ministry. In fact, prior to going to Bible college, um, do you know why I went? I didn't know these verses, by the way. I'll t- you probably know why I went. Why I changed directions in my life and went a different route and ended up going to Bible college and going because it seemed right. It seemed good. It did. I was a I was a second year Bible college student and and I was not a speaker at this point. I didn't do things like in front of people. And uh but I was faithful. I was pursuing God. I'm at the, all the prayer meetings, I'm doing everything and I and I don't know, someone must have noticed me. Um uh, or the Spirit of God led them, I don't know. But one of the leaders, they pulled me out after a prayer meeting or several hundred people praying there and stuff. And they pulled me out and they said, we've got this, you know, college weekend thing coming up. We want you to speak. <laughs> like, holy smokes. <laughs> Not like, like speak the whole thing, but just give a testimony, basically. And, and they said, did you come to that event before you came to school? I said, no. <laughs> I think they were hoping I had. And, and I got up there, and, and I had no experience, and there's a thousand people there, and uh, the, you know, the fourth member of the Godhead was on the front row. <laughs> <laughs> How we viewed him back then, <laughs> almost. And, uh, and you know what I got up? I said, I, I got up there, and I said, well, I was milking cows. Because I did that before. I was milking cows, and it would have been nice if one of the, you know, if like Balaam's donkey, one of them would have spoke up and told me and what to do. I said, I didn't have any of that. I said, all I knew was I was praying, and it just seemed like I was supposed to come to school here. And that was the truth. I couldn't have taught the sermon, but it seemed right. That was the direction of God that got me in the ministry. You look at you look where we are now, and I don't think you know. Gifts are obvious, and fruit is obvious. There's obvi- God is in what we're, what's going on. How did it start? Kind of like Luke. Seem it seemed good. Seemed good that I should do this. I don't know what what how, what's your seamer been doing. 
Some of them are going to, I don't know that everything's going to result in millions of people being transformed. Some might, though. Well, if, if the Lord wants me to do that, he's going to have to send me an angel, and he's going to have to confirm it three ways. And Really? You're that hard-hearted? You're going to be that stubborn with the Lord and put demands and say, you have to do it this way or I'm not going to? How about we develop in a, a personal relationship with him every day, and, and he could wink at you and you'd catch it? I say, how many know, when you're in a relationship, my wife and I, we can communicate different ways, and we're not bugged by it. Sometimes, face-to-face conversation. Other times, text. Other times, phone call. Other times, hey. You know, other times, eyebrow. You know, other, whatever. Say, which one's right? They're all right. This depends on the circumstance and the situation and what, what's needed. There's different ways to communicate, and God does this too. I don't want to be so uh, demanding and say, well, you have to talk to me this way. No, Lord, I'm learning your ways. And if you don't want to tell me the whole deal until I get to Jesse's house, and fine, I'm going to Jesse's house. Run all the boys by me, and you can tell me when they stand there. Or if you want me to look at this job and this job and this job, and maybe I'm not going to know it's wrong until I go there. Hmm. Or maybe as I step into it, then I'll recognize, wow, God's in this. Hey, he wants me to do this. That's, that's the spirit. See, that's not very exciting, but it's very real. It's very real. And when you get to the end of it, you'll look back and so, you'll, you'll see different times how you were led and you say, Man, that wasn't very exciting, but look what it did. Amen. Look at the results of that following that leading. And it's scriptural. Luke did it. The early church did it. The disciples did it. They followed this. I, 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 in my experience, and I can give you some verses. I don't want to just teach experience. You know, 1 John 2.20 says, uh, but you have an anointing of the Holy One and you know all things. Sometimes in walking with God, you'll find you'll just know stuff. Meaning, it wasn't word, 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 sentence, paragraph, so forth. You just knew it. I've had times in preparing sermons, preparing teachings like I'm doing today, where I'm praying, seeking the Lord, and almost like a high-speed download. I just saw the whole thing. And then I'll go write a few things out. But it's like, boom, there it is. I've heard individuals, different different ones who've had experiences in heaven, and, and... one commonality I've heard is people have said, sometimes when you communicate there, uh, you don't even have, even have, to have to say it. They just, you talk to people, you talk to the Lord and you know, or they know, uh, they know what you're saying. It's at a much higher level, not confusion, not trying to figure things out. You just know stuff. You ever do that? That happens to us when we seek the Lord. When we pray, sometimes you just know. You can just know a whole bunch real quick. I like that. And, uh, and, and these are some of the ways that, that, that the Lord communicates with us. Praise God. Amen. Is it still just as much God? Yeah. Is it still just as much the voice of the Lord? It is. Even if we can't describe it in human terms. And we're looking for a word. We're looking for a description. And the best thing we can say is, uh, it seems, this seems right. This seems good to me in the Holy Spirit. 
So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to act on this. Amen. Can I encourage you today? Believe first and foremost that he is guiding you. Don't put it in a small little container that says it has to look and sound just like this. No, it's a relationship. So how's he going to tell me? I don't know. It's your relationship. Figure, work that out. Huh? Is he going to speak to me in a bold throat? Maybe, yeah. Maybe, no. I don't know. Talk to him. Work it out. But believe, because this is certainly the truth for every single one of us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. He wants to keep us out of trouble. He wants to help us not make some of the mistakes we've made. He wants us to be wise with our decisions. And he wants us to take full advantage of all of his wisdom and knowledge. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.